Hello, welcome back to another episode of Spoosh. So today I'm here with Daryl Lim and we're interviewing Yao Kai Chai. Hello. So for those of you who do not know him, he's a poet whose most recent work, One to the Dark Tower Comes, won the Singapore Literature Prize last year. Um, He has had a long time in the media industry working as a journalist at The Straits Times and he was also formerly the director of the Singapore Writers' Festival. So I think to just warm us up, Kai Chai, what have you been reading, watching, or listening to? Mm. Yeah, so the latest book I've gotten, well, it was a gift from Myung Shu Hung, a fellow poet who knows that I like her writing. Yeah, so uh, it's called A Film in Which I Play Everyone. The title itself is from a David Bowie interview where a journalist asked him, what's your next project? And then I don't know whether it's in a facetious way, he said that I like to make a film in which I play everyone. So I thought that's it touches on all the things I like, you know, like films and role playing and stuff. It sounds a bit weird for a 10 a.m. interview. But anyway, and Toby Martinez de la Rivas, I don't know how that, that's how you pronounce his name, is a British poet whose third book is called Flood Meadows. It's a book about incantations, a kind of Ted Hughes pastoral, but a bit of uh, interdisciplinary stuff. So, again, one of those things that I like. So, these two books are realistically the real books that I'm reading there are a lot of other stuff that I'm reading for fun and for torture um, listening to music wise the latest is the Sufjan Stevens album called Javelin which is about well, only after the fact that we know that it's about the, the death of his partner I, I thought it's useful to start off with some sense of biography maybe even before I talk about the first question which is about when you wanted to start writing poetry. Maybe tell us a bit about your family background, how you grew up. Was 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 <laughs> uh, was there even a sense then that you would be an artist of some sort? Well, I guess I am the only one in my family to to go to the university, and I'm the youngest of four. So in that sense, I do feel kind of. The lone, again, the, the idea of loneliness, the, the one that's odd on out and everything. But I also felt that I should live up to my parents' expectations. So they're not educated or anything, but um, but they believe in education. So your answer to your question is that, oh, how do I, yeah, yeah. So it's not a, it's not a cultural milieu that, that, that you would expect, but but I think they left, they left it to me to discover things on my own. And I was discover television, discover films, music at a very young age and I absorb almost everything. So I'd, I'd never had the distinction of having to say that, oh, I want to listen to high art or like uh, classical music or, and then I, I, like, I can't listen to pop music. So I never had that prejudice for or against any particular genre of stuff. So only when when... I got, I got into writing and uh, creative writing when I realized, oh, okay, you're, you're not supposed to write certain kinds of writing because they are not seen as true writing. Yeah, that, then, then that's where I realized there, there are, there's a hierarchy of uh, taste levels. Not that I'm exempt from, but I, I feel that if you start from that, you'll never write things which you're not necessarily uh, good at or know that you're not good at or good at. So if you have already set out limitations as to what you want to write, then you just self-fulfilling prophecy, right? You only write the things that you think you're good at, but actually you suck at it. Or you never had a chance to write things which you never know you're actually quite good at it because you already felt that I want to be a certain kind of writer. 
in terms of art form, so actually, what was the first art form that really attracted you? So I, I see the word art form <laughs> is problematic, right? Uh, I, music, I guess media. Yeah. yeah, I guess media would be it. So, uh, television, films. I watch a lot of films growing up because my mom. Yeah, like I don't know whether. Yeah, no mind. I throw her under the bus. Uh, yeah, dragged me or not dragged me, just carried me to watch a, like a horror movie. Like I don't know whether y'all. Oh, y'all are very young. In the 1970s, uh, like open air cinema or like watch scary Asian horror film, 1970s, you know, like, like, like snakes, snake woman, what kind of, kind of thing. Like, so these films are not, are not really appropriate for <laughs> anyone, infants or kids. But yeah, so, so I enjoyed it as kind of a communal activity, a, a, a kind of space to, to get transported. The idea of transformation, the idea of, oh, you don't have to be stuck in a particular world that you are birthed into. You can you can imagine different worlds. I guess that's probably the, the seed of uh, why or how I write, I guess. Yeah. And then how, how did that link in some way to, because in, film is film and music is, is, is music, but mm. writing, of course, is, is a leap from that. So right. how did you start to then write from Although your first, in some ways, influences were filming. Yeah, the funny music. thing is that I did not grow up in an English-speaking family. So the real contact with the English language was when I was in primary school, kindergarten, I guess, yeah. But it wasn't something that was spoken at home. But so when I went into primary school or kindergarten, I realized that, oh, there are some people who could speak English. And, and then I felt that, oh, I couldn't, right? But I've, I guess I was competitive. I always felt that, just because you you started first doesn't mean I couldn't catch up with you. So I guess I I realized English was something which I could excel at, and probably the one that I find quite empowering that you can you can go anywhere, right? I mean it's kind of step to yeah everything like for 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 a person who's born into I, I wouldn't say we were, I was middle class obviously lower than middle class, so so English language became a vessel a channel to to discovering so many different worlds. Especially in Singapore in the nineteen seventies, yeah, eighties, yeah. Do you recall the, the first um, thing you tried to write, the first creative work that you tried to write? Um, consciously, it would be in the nineteen sixties, seventies, eighties. I think there was a school student magazine called Student World that it was read by students of that time and. And you could win like $10, first prize, second prize. So I participated and I thought, I know one. So, so I think I wrote silly limericks and things that rhyme as, as you would when you were setting out like poetry has to rhyme. And I don't have the copy anymore. But I won. I mean, it's kind of national competition, right? Actually, I don't know what the, about distribution, but it was distributed among schools, primary schools. In my mind, there were interesting poems, but perhaps they are, they are not really that good. But... But that gave me some kind of confidence that maybe I should explore creative writing. But at that time, you don't want to go in. Maybe no, nobody wants you. Nobody wanted you to go into the arts because, it, you know, poetry is a luxury. Yeah, we cannot afford. So really, honestly, you art is something that you do as an aside. It's not something that you do as part of. Like proudly say I'm a, I'm a poet will be so embarrassing. I don't know whether y'all remember the time when you would not say you're a poet. Yeah, I, I think growing up, um, the possibility of a career in the arts was quite remote. 
in the 90s. Lah. Yeah. Even then, I think after that, it really changed. Like maybe in the last 15 or 10 years. Okay, one more question. Just uh, Do you recall the first book or literary work that really captured your imagination? Captured my imagination? But it was so young, right? Right. I mean, Annie Blyton, everybody would have read. So, I, 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 yeah, Annie Blyton, The Famous Five, all those stuff. Yeah, so so I guess my, my dad, again, he just bought me lots of books. I mean, he didn't read to me, but he just... And therefore, you just pick up and and I read them all. All the politically incorrect, like gollywogs and stuff. Oops. Yeah. So, so basically, reading them, not just purely for the language, but just... Again, the, 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 the different type of worlds that there, there's another world out there somewhere in this mythical land, right? I don't know, England or whatever. So, <laughs> yeah, so the language and the metaphors, I guess osmosis, you don't read, it's not studied or anything, it's just something that uh, naturally you just, yeah, so I think all those uh, uh, want to capture my imagination. But, you don't, it, but if you ask me about literary, like very consciously, that would be like secondary school, right? That would be, yeah, we'll, we'll come to that, right? Okay, sure. Yeah, I, I like the idea of England as a as a fictional country because <laughs> in some ways it was like it was like I, I, as as remote as a mythological land. Yeah, exactly. The weather is different. The people look different. I mean, they were they were. I don't know whether you you all have seen the books. There were illustrations. They, they look. I I know the ones that you are talking about. Yeah. I know you are you are archivist. <laughs> you collect sorts of. Maybe we talk a little bit about film since that has already dominated the discussion. In some ways, I think film is very influential for yeah. for you. So maybe just talk a little bit about how, how film, what impact it had on you. And I think we will come to that a bit more as we talk about the writing itself. But um, also how that influences your writing. And in some ways, the two for you are quite linked. Mm. I think films have been and are still an escape for most Singaporeans, right? Okay, maybe when you were growing up, maybe not your time, sorry. In the 80s, going to the cinema was an adventure. Just going to the cinema itself. It's not like now it's so easy and you just choose cinemas very easy. Oh, it's all streaming. So the idea of going to the cinema was a, a kind of special occasion for my family. So for many Singaporeans. So the idea of watching it in a communal setting, as I mentioned, um, it was so, so special and watching the audience as well was special. So in a way, I'm, uh, cinema was the actualization of uh, everything that I imagined I wanted to do in my writing, right? Because you have a 3D environment, you will see some kind of projection, uh, you notice... I mean, you hear... Okay, so it sends around. So, so, so the, all the auditory, the, the tactile, the olfactory, all those senses are, are being invoked in, in, in a cinematic experience. So it's not just the movie, but the whole uh, movie-going experience. So in that way, I start, start to link to my writing. I'm hoping to invoke all these sensory experiences rather than purely to absorb it on a textual level on a you know you know word level so it's meant to be hyper hyper real more like beyond words mm -hmm. and i i think one of the questions which you sent to me earlier uh, was to kind of catch me off guard to see what i said many years ago to desmond con about that i don't understand everything essentially it's like it's like a cinematic experience right when you watch a movie do you understand everything that you watch not on the first time that you watch right Perhaps you are too young or maybe didn't watch everything, you went to the toilet or whatever, or you were sleeping or whatever. 
So to understand, to feel fully feel a film, you have to immerse yourself over and over again. So I I I would like to think of my books as something which you don't necessarily understand. I hate the word understand. Actually, I want you to just immerse in it. Understanding is fraught and it can be judgmental. Yeah. Yeah, in some ways, I guess the posture of understanding is maybe not the right approach to art, be it film or be it a poetry, right? You don't want, really, you don't really want to intellectually understand works of art. I think it's also because of the way we're taught in school about literature. Like, what is this poem about? Mm-hmm. Can you imagine that would be the first question, right? Oh my god, that would be the like the encapsulation of what like 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 you circumscribe what this poem is about, and that is the like the model answer. The truth is that maybe that's not what the poem is about. That's right. I mean, just just to add on to this, I think it'd be absurd to ask someone what is this painting about. Mm. Or like it would be right. <laughs> you know, like or how do you understand this painting? Yeah, and also don't want the uh, artist or the poet or anyone to explain his or her own poem, because the, I don't know. As a writer, you wouldn't want to people to only interpret a poem the way you want it to be. In fact, I I like misreadings, but again, you got to be careful what I say. Huh? You got to you got to take my my words with a pinch. I like misreadings because misreadings sometimes open up different conversations rather than say, "Oh, you're wrong. That's not what my poem is about." In fact, I think that once once you write something, the, the, it's not your, it's not for you to dictate how it should be read. I'm not saying that um, uh, you can, it can be like far off, but I like the idea of possibilities and maybe, perhaps it opens up other ways of looking at things, and then you could be wrong. None of us are hundred uh, percent right all the time, and I like to learn from the readers actually. Yeah, I love to learn it from younger generations who are exposed to different things. If I were your age, what would I write? I guess that's what. Or if you were my age, would you would you would you write my stuff, or would you just write like a lot of my contemporaries? Oops, don't don't want to name names, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's okay. We we can go into that um late. Since we're on writing, let me we can jump a bit to to the writing itself because we have a few questions there. I'll let uh Hao Yang, who has done a lot of study <laughs> and work. For the questions, yes. do his uh, thing. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think for most readers, right, the general impression of your writing is that it is really hard to understand, right? Mm. The word again, understand, right? And especially so in later works, especially once the dark power comes. Mm. So I was reading the critical introduction on poetry.sg. Mm. So okay. David Wong writes, you know, the pursuit of the image drives memory and experience. You know, these are classical things you look out for in poetry, mm. right? Mm. So far from their point of origin, that sentiment is abstracted out of existence. So I'll read a sample from the uh, poem Once the Dark Power Comes in Declaration. Ditch those breastplates, prop up the tailboard, and have some marshmallows. Then let's talk about why you are banging on the wrong one. Pizzicato strings seesaw for the answer dangling. So it's quite hard, I guess, for the um, average reader to, I guess, find feeling or meaning in these lines, right? Um, and so it does not quite fit, you know, really conventional understandings of poetry as, you know, what's, what words were the spontaneous overflow of powerful feelings or as a means of, you know, ordering human experience into something meaningful that you can convey to other people, right? So perhaps to begin with, I'd like to just ask you, like, what do you see a poem as? And then what is a good poem to you? I mean, I like all your 
yeah, uh, references, and I would say it's fair fair to say that uh, it's not easy to uh, read my poetry and not feel frustrated. So I would not be delusional to think that what I write is understandable. But again, that's why I said that perhaps that's kind of foolhardy uh, errand to to start with that because if you start with the idea of wanting to understand every single word then you will get trapped into trying to solve mysteries while my priority is not to uh, lead you from point A to point B but actually to let you loose in this universe of maybe uh, you know red herrings and uh, sex and so and I don't like to explain yeah so you ask me what is a poem what is a good poem I don't like to explain because I like the audience or the readers so I use the word audience partly because I like it to be something that uh, the, the frustration is part of it yeah kind of a, I, I'm kind of a sadomasochist I like the reader to feel like Oh my god, this is so horrible! Or this, uh, I mean, I've read uh, uh, NUS honors thesis. There's somebody who did a thesis on me and a few other writers, and I think she really hated my poetry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay to hate, but it's it's how you explain it, and you know, it's like okay, you obviously asked the wrong questions. So again, I I. I because as a reviewer myself, as a, someone who does reviewing, uh, did reviewing in my time in uh, in ST, it's fine. It's it's actually fair to also judge the reviewer. Just as the reviewer reviews stuff, you can also review the reviewer, <laughs> right? So I think it's fair. So I just say that, mm, no, you asked the wrong question, so I don't really take your words too seriously. Maybe, it, but but part of the frustration is also like exactly the glee that I also want because that means that she's unable to experience the poetry like she, she would like to think that uh, the other poetry she understood and she really loves them which is fine nothing wrong with that but because she chose my poetry I mean I didn't force her to choose but she just didn't realize that actually it's so different uh, different uh, armory of tools and I guess she wasn't open to it or doesn't really know how to talk about it or maybe she has a deadline oops she has a thesis deadline she has a fee. and I think that's uh, scary uh, I would say that yeah I, I don't really want to define a poem or what a good poem is. I think you you need to define a poem or even what a good poem is on your own terms. Like, I can tell you, uh, this is a poem, but actually it's a prose passage or this is actually an essay. But I think in this day and age, without me saying, I'm sure you have seen a lot of your contemporaries, a lot of them are writing stuff which normally would have been classified as as an essay, but it calls itself a poem. Why? We haven't entered the, the grey area called prose poem. Uh, and something like what Sean Hu did, right? Uh, would that qualify as poetry maybe 10 years ago? 10 years ago maybe, yeah, it might be. But the truth is that a, a, a poem is a very porous uh, entity that, that absorbs all the other genres and you can call it whatever it's kind of a rebel a kind of a shapeshifter unfortunately that one doesn't apply the kind of doesn't apply too much to the rest of the genres like prose or maybe creative non-fiction yeah mm. but you think about it poetry these days is almost 
scarier, right? For anyone who's like, oops, this is so different from what I studied in school 10 years ago. It's like, oh, me, this is called poetry as well. And that's what I like. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought maybe I'd just jump in here. And I, in yes, some ways, do. I see Kai Chai's, um, his work as a series of innuendos. And of course, innuendos means you either get it or it can mean many things to you or it cannot. So that's one way of seeing it. The other way which I just thought of, the, another metaphor that I thought of uh, for your poems is in some ways an alien artifact. So you kind of you kind of stumble upon alien artifacts as you go about. And in some ways you're trying to figure out what is the origin of this artifact. Did it come from outer space? <laughs> Who made it? And so in some ways, I, I, I think of these two uh, ways of thinking about your poetry. Yeah. No, I, I really like that image. Uh, yeah, for all the cinematic evocations that, I, that, that, that it, it does, and I, I really like it. Thank you very much. I will use it <laughs> and attribute it to you.